time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it all here in one place. The Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and K-Bay Chris. What's up, everyone? You are listening to the number one pro wrestling podcast out there today. And, of course, the official podcast of Next Level Wrestling. We are the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Rob T, and my partner in crime, as always, my better half, if you will. Give it to me one time. Hell, you can just call me Poppy. <laughs> what Poppy wants, Poppy gets. <laughs> but you can call me K-Fabe Chris if you want to. <laughs> How you doing, Chris? How's it going today, man? I'm a little sour, a little yeah? bitter. Why? Why are you so bitter Because of man? you, sir. Oh, shit. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> oh, you know what you did. You know what you did. Oh, y'all want to know why Kayfabe Chris is so sour today? I'm going to tell you guys why. So this past weekend, and this is actually going into what we're going to talk about today. This past weekend, I had the um, privilege, if you will, to attend a Mission Pro Wrestling event. So uh, as it, for those of y'all that don't know, Mission Pro Wrestling is a uh, wrestling promotion based out of San Antonio, Texas, that is uh, owned by Thunder Rosa. And um, she was awesome in that... Uh, she basically invited the families of the Valdi tragedy out to the show and gave them tickets. So, uh, as y'all know, I've said it before, Ileana, uh, my cousin, was one of the victims. Well, her mother, for whatever reason, could not go to the show. So she called up uh, our cousin, uh, Rudy, and basically gave him uh, those tickets. Rudy called me up, and I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this thing. So went out to a Mission Pro Wrestling show, and now for the reason why Chris is so upset. Now, in all, be- fair, in all fairness, though, he did yes. send an invite to me. I did. And my wife as well, because he did. had extra tickets. Yes. However, I already had plans with my wife that evening, and I was okay with that. Until? Until I sent him a picture, because I had the esteemed pleasure of hanging out a little bit and talking with the great Thunder Rosa. And she was hot that night, <laughs> which made things even worse. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Not really, but I am, but I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, on the upside, though, I, I did I did have the esteemed pleasure to talk to her for a few minutes, and um, I did bring up the podcast, and Got her to agree. Now, whether or not she was lying to me, she could have been, but she said she was going to listen. So, Thunder Rosa, if you are listening, thank you so much for a wonderful night that Saturday. Um, thank you for your kindness, and you're awesome. And we here at the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast are huge fans and will always be huge fans of yours. So, thank you. Um, yes. Did you at least tell her that I was going to be disappointed in the fact that I did I not did. get to meet her? Okay. I did. I actually okay. did. Yeah. I did. So, yeah. She I mean, I just figured because of the fact that, you know, Busted Open is going to be shutting down pretty soon, she's going to need some place to localize her platform. To exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. We're here she, for you. We're here yeah. for you, Miss Rosa. Yeah, yeah, you can come You can come on over for sure. Anyway, um, 
so Mission Pro Wrestling, as I stated before, is an all-women's promotion. Now, that night, Hybrid uh, School of Wrestling was also a part of the show, and so they had a couple of matches I- that night as well. But most of the matches were all women. Um, the match was based, the, the event itself had a tournament going on where these women were wrestling for the opportunity to perform in the main event for the Mission uh, Pro Wrestling uh, title, the main championship. Uh, and first time ever in history, and a lot of people aren't even going to know about this. That's that's the sad part. Hopefully they will. But Chris, you've never heard of this before, and I'm, I bet you anything our audience has never heard this before unless they were at the show. They had a triple threat elimination casket match. Say that three times fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So the matches were a tournament to see which two competitors were going to go against the number one contender, Genocide, who is also a star in NWA, just FYI, uh, for the Mission Pro Wrestling Championship belt. Awesome night of wrestling. Awesome main event. They did use they used caskets. Uh, the winner and new Mission Pro Wrestling champion is Genocide. So it was a great night. But during the, the show, it, start, it was started out uh the announcer came out and he introduced thunder rosa who came to the ring and chris i was looking for, i couldn't find i guess they haven't posted it yet or i just didn't look in the right places i wanted to show it to you before the show but i'll find it and i promise i'll, I'll send it to you um she man i wouldn't even i guess you could technically call it a promo but she just did an impassioned speech on women's professional wrestling and she said so many she said so many things that were such valid points and thunder rosa is just an advocate for equality diversity when it comes to professional wrestling one of the things she harped on is she said it loud and clear she was speaking to the major companies and said give women a chance you know because they can go and diversity there needs to be more diversity and this is the reason, this is basically her her mantra, mission statement, if you will, behind uh, Mission Pro Wrestling. That's the whole purpose for the promotion is to elevate women's professional wrestling. And I think it's awesome. And it just got me to thinking, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Let's talk about women's professional wrestling and just kind of how it's grown. I mean... I mean, let's let's start off right off the bat. When I think of women's professional wrestling and like the beginnings of it, I used to think, of course, of the '80s and stuff. But being as the years pass and you just kind of look at history and things like that, it goes back even farther than that with people like uh, Mae Young and uh, Fabulous Moolah. And unfortunately, there's always been this dark side when it comes to uh, women in professional wrestling from the old school days. Um, but man, what an evolution that it has it has gone through up to today. And um, I, I guess my, my main point and what I'm trying to say is that I think that women need to be showcased as much as the men are. Like, you know, let's take I know we're going to do a recap later this week, but let's take Raw, for example. I think it's great that Raw ended with a women's main event. Right, which is awesome, but let's be honest, was it 50-50? No, it was mostly men wrestling that night, you know? And yes, the women headlined, but 
let's be fair. It should be 50-50. Honestly, I wouldn't even mind intergender wrestling matches. It's done on the indies. You know what I mean? So even though women's wrestling has come such a long way, I still think it has a long way to go, I guess is what I'm trying to say. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I agree completely. Um, I mean, we see a lot more of it now than we have seen in years past, you know, um, and I think that the women of today, not just on the main rosters of, you know, WWE or AEW, but the women on the independent scene are definitely doing their part to elevate women's wrestling. For sure, for sure. And and, and the fact that it has come a long way, because let's, let's be honest, just a few years ago, but going back to the Attitude Era, for example, they were divas. Right? Yeah. Well, were, but before we get into that, because I kind of yeah. have like a, a timeline built out that I was doing some research on today. Oh, please do. Please do. So, so you mentioned before uh, about, you know, Mae Young and, of course, the fabulous Moolah. Right. You know, so we go back to the late 50s, 1956 to be specific. That's when the fabulous Moolah began her 28-year-long championship reign as wow. a women's champion uh, when she won a battle royal for the vacant NWA Women's Championship at that time. So now there was a couple of losses within there, but Vincent Mann, with his infinite power, has kind of expunged those losses from the, the official record books. Right, and you're talking um, about Vince McMahon Sr. Right, after he purchased the, the company from his dad. Uh, fast forward a little to 1983 when... Uh, he kind of integrated that in the whole rock and wrestling era. Uh, and he brought in Wendy Richter. Wendy right. Richter kind of carried that title for her uh, up until uh, 1990 when the current champion at the time, Rock and Robin, vacated that title. And from 1990 to 1993, there was no women's championship. Mm. So um, in 1993, when Alondra Blaze came back, that's when she kind of resurrected it. You know, for that short time until right. 95, which we know infamously happened on WCW. Right. Where Alondra Blaze or Medusa at the time basically trashed the women's championship, right. slapping the face of the efforts that women had made up to that point. Pretty much, yes. You know, okay. so um, that was a, uh, there was another break in championship that from 1995 to 1998, there was no women's championship mm. again. So there's been some breaks and sporadics of, of how they, wrestling business as a whole, uh, whether it be the, the mindset of the old territorial days or the old school veterans or just the respect that they give the championship on a, from a women's division. Mm -hmm. They just, there was, there was no respect there at the time. Right. Right. There was no respect at the time. Um, but, uh, we started to get into, like you said, the attitude era, uh, where it wasn't, they weren't divas just yet. It was still the women's championship. Right. But you, you had, a Sable and Jacqueline, who which Sable, like give her credit, she had a decent storyline with Mark Merrow and her old Sable bomb. Right. But in my opinion, even though Sable took the championship and brought it back to the main roster, I th I feel Jacqueline was more of the the talent in that field. She was. She was definitely a wrestler. Sable was not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Despite the fact that you know she still did her job when it came to the evening gown matches, the brawn panties matches, the lingerie matches. Jacqueline still did her job and was able to still showcase that she was a tough wrestler. Right. Are you looking, listen to stories from um, the Dudley Boys, you know, 
from other old school wrestlers that travel with her that she was a tough lady. Yeah. It was a tough lady. Yeah. You know, um, kind of fast forward a little bit more, you start bringing into some wrestlers or women's wrestlers that are slowly taken away from the storylines that they're involved in, like the sexual style storylines such as Trish Stratish, uh, Lita being like a third wheel to the Hardy Boys. And uh, one lady that we've we've talked about several times because we've actually met a lot of the, the, the people that she's trained, Jazz. And I got to meet Jazz. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, I, I was that okay. Night. I was okay right now, but you put a little salt in Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. God. That was a good <clears throat> meeting though, because she's invited us out to uh their shows and she's already said, Come talk to me, and which is awesome. So you'll get to meet her. Okay. Let's make sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. You'll, you'll I know her. how much of a fan I am of hers. <laughs> uh, she was actually one of my, my, my more fan favorite wrestlers at the time awesome. in the women's division. So awesome. Uh, but like you said, we've had Trish, we have Jacqueline, Jazz, uh, Lita, Ivory, Molly Holly. Those were some legit women in a time where women's wrestling was 30 minute, 30 second matches, one minute matches. Right, right. You know, they weren't getting good television time and the television time they did get was again back into the, the, the brawn panties matches, lingerie, the mm-hmm. mud bath matches, you know, right. pillow fights. And that's for the championship at the time. Wow. You know, wow. it wasn't even for like just a gimmick match. It was for a championship, which even put more of a slap in the face of no respect for the championship, basically. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, go a little forward and you start to see the Divas uh, championship come to fruition. And at that time, you have uh, stars like Mickey James, the Am- the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, uh, Gail Kim, you know, Um and this is shortly after Victoria. Lita and Trish, Victoria. Yeah. Lita and Trish had already retired at this point. This is about 20, 2004, right. you know. Um, and they slowly started reverting back again because that's Roots of the Aggression area. They were still in the uh, TV 14 era. Right. So they were still allowing themselves to get away with certain things, including sexualizing women. Right. And the fact that, that when they brought in women from WCW when it shut down did not help the situation. No, it did not. You know, with Tori Wilson, Stacey Cleveland, you know, Stacey Cleveland. Don't get me wrong. As a full-blooded male, I can understand why yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. But, you know, when you got a, a woman like Stacey Cleveland just clearly on the, on the turnbuckle, you know, waving her ass to the crowd. Right. Come on. Right. You right. Know? There's, there's, there's no respect for, <clears throat> let's be honest, there was no respect for the division. Right. It, it was, they were just considered eye candy. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, and a lot of the women that they brought into at the time, uh, you saw like Maurice, uh, you saw Kelly Kelly, Alicia Fox, the Bella Twins, um, came from their quote unquote diva, you know, search. Right. You know, so they weren't legit wrestlers. And we've seen, you've, you've seen the AE biography as well as I have on the Bella Twins of how they are trying to get their foot in the door that way because they right. knew they could get in there and still become wrestlers right you know which is a huge respect if you haven't seen the aw biography on the bella twins go and watch it it's great uh it's great um but this point of uh wrestling professional wrestling now wcw shut down at the time uh yes you still have some some independence uh stuff like nwa um stuff like that but it's mostly it's mainly wwe at the time 
Right. And they're doing everything they can to, and I don't want to say that they were intentionally doing it because they were focusing on the, on the viewership at the time, but they weren't making the vowed effort to showcase women, even though you started to hear rumblings at the time of the fans, not just the women fans, but the men fans as well with the quote unquote, give divas a chance, chance, you know, and, um, it wasn't until our boy, Triple H decide to, you know, create his own developmental territory or developmental brand of NXT where he started showcasing the talent of women that we see today, right. you know, uh, with Bailey, Sasha Banks, uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, uh, Emma, you know, uh, Oscar, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, you know, Naomi, um, stepping away into the, he was giving them the time to showcase what they could do on 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 a, in a match, you know, right. not giving them thirty second one minute matches. He's giving them 15, 20 minute matches. He's they NXT had a, a show that was all women's show on their on the regular NXT uh, television, mm. you know, and this was before they did the whole women's evolution uh, right, right. Uh, pay per view. Right. So, um, I think today's talent. It's a lot better than it was, you know. You're still going to get those squash matches that you're seeing as yeah. far as women's division, but yeah, because I was just about to say it's better than it was, but it still needs vast <clears throat> improvement. Personally, I think um, in both companies it definitely needs vast improvement. I think in AEW it needs it more. Yes, because um, in, in WWE we are seeing a good amount of of, of the women, you know, in multiple segments. Um, Granted, it seems to be the same women over and over again, um, but it's still there. Um, and now the Triple H is running things. We're seeing the matches last a little bit longer, which is good. You know, look at look at the main event this past week. You know, that match was it. It, it was it was it was a while. It took it took a few minutes. You know, and we saw that there's going to be a War Games women's match at exactly, Survivor Series this year. Exactly, and. Let's be honest, AEW is not doing that that right now. And to be fair, AEW hasn't hasn't really done a good job developing their women talent. You know, they they've got them in stables, and but they're very sporadic when they come out. You know, they're making Rose, out on on TV, right? Right. Nyla Rose was supposed to be a beast, right? And she hasn't been on TV in months. I haven't seen her. You know what I mean? Like. When we went to see AEW live, we saw who was Julia Hart, right? Julia Hart in the Black and, Dark match. Yeah, it was a dark match. You know, so it's like in a dark match, maybe a backstage segment, but not much else. Who do you normally see? You normally see Britt Baker. You normally see uh, uh, Jamie Hader because she's with Britt Baker. Um, you normally see now Tony Storm since she got signed because, of course, let's be honest, she had all that you know, push behind her because everybody liked her in WWE. And now, she, of course, everybody's going to watch her. Of course, Thunder Rosa, she, now let's, let's, Thunder Rosa, there, right there, just in itself, another one who came in with her talent. She had kind of a name in the indies. She was on an NWA, came in and had that match with Britt Baker, put her on the map. Why? Because they gave her the opportunity to show what she had. And she freaking brought it with that uh, 
that what was it that lights out match or whatever it was where oh, the blood goes. and guts lights out match yes yeah. yes that first time so and by the way miss thunderosa if you are listening rob t and i had the privilege of being there when you won the aw women's championship in that steel cage against chris baker and it was amazing yes it was yes it was and the energy in that place was awesome yes the pop was amazing and again this sounds so sexist, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but again, this is just proof. It was a women's match that ended the show. So that should be, I mean, Tony Khan, Triple H, I know Triple H knows it because he does it more, but Tony Khan needs to see that women, they can go if you give them the opportunity. You know what I mean? So I do think in AEW, they need to do it a little bit more. Um, WWE, they're doing it, but they need to mix it up. You know, they're they're not utilizing, in my opinion, right? I'm not in creative. I I, I don't know that job. And, you know, I, I know it's total armchair quarterbacking, right? But there's certain talent that the way they're using them, to me, is just, it's wrong. You know, uh, Asuka, they need to bring Asuka back up to the way she was in NXT. You know? Well, she's where, babysitting Lily right now. Yeah. Oh, God. That was <laughs> so bad. That was just... We'll talk about that later this week, but um, but I remember watching her in NXT. It was like the entire female roster was almost afraid to take her. Well, she was undefeated in NXT. Exactly, exactly. But she also had that reputation of a badass, which was well-founded, by the way, because when she came from Japan, she was a badass. Yeah. And now it's just like she's just in the background, you know? Same thing with Alexa Bliss. We all yeah. know Alexa Bliss is a badass, but we haven't really seen it, you know? And, and there's just there's just so much talent there that I think is going... Nikki Cross, oh my God. Nikki Cross is an amazing talent. Nikki A.S.H., sir. Whatever. Nikki Cross, <laughs> <damn> it. <laughs> She's an amazing talent, and I don't think they should have taken her away from, from that crazy girl. The insanity and, gimmick? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, so it's just women's wrestling has definitely come a long way. I can agree 100% with that completely. But I just still think there's there's a long way for it to go still. Um, I'll give you a great example. You brought it up briefly. We had that all women's pay-per-view. Um, Evolution. Evolution, yeah. We had that all women's pay-per-view, Evolution. Why haven't we had it again since? Right? Yeah. I mean, it was obvious they could go. It was a great pay-per-view. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, when I, when I first started watching it, I did not think I was going to enjoy it all that much. Yeah. But holy crap, it was awesome. Dude, I had the same thought the first time I saw Mission Pro Wrestling. Right? I went to go check it out. The only reason I went, right? And, and, and I'm just being honest. The only reason I went was because... I bet you I can was, guess. <laughs> what? Because you went to go see Dave LaGreca? Exactly. <laughs> exactly because of the beef that Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa had and I knew Thunder Rosa and I was getting to know her work at that point I had become a fan so I was like I want to go see Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa and then thinking to myself maybe Bully Ray will be there maybe Mark Henry will be there that was honestly my only reason for going and then that night I saw some of the best best pro wrestling action I've ever seen in my life and it was all women that was the night that the in the that the very famous now it's famous match between Holly Dead 
and genocide happened. It was a false count anywhere. And those women left it all there. I mean, holy shit, bro. That match was insane. Like, I mean, you would have thought it was it was a men's match going all, false count. Wow. They they did not pull any punches. They were snug as hell. They were beating each other's ass. And I got to see it front and center because I was in the front row. You know what I mean? I was in the front row. Right. Amazing, amazing match. So uh, I, I saw that match. And before that event, I hadn't seen any independent wrestling since I was a kid. You know what I mean? So it was actually a Mission Pro Wrestling event. And then the uh, AWP event I went to, Olympus that got me into back into independent wrestling to where now I want to go to like all the shows. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so to me, that says something. In fact, I was even thinking about this that night as I was driving home after the event, I want to get some women, uh, wrestling talent on our show. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do my best to try to make that happen because lately we, you know, we've all, we've been interviewing nothing but men. Um, and and it's not on purpose, right? It's just that the, the last few that we've gone to, there haven't been any women performers, you know, but they're out there, you know. Um, so I'm hoping after the passing out of some cards that I did over the weekend and everything, I'm hoping that I will be able to get uh, some of those women to be able to come on the show so we can talk to them. Because I really do believe that we're at a we're at the precipice, if you will, of, of a women's movement starting in professional wrestling that that i'll be honest wwe kind of kicked it off and i think it's now being felt through the whole sport even in the independence you know let's look at phoebe look at some of the matches that phoebe's been a part of you know she told us when when we interviewed her months back that she was going to be involved in uh uh what was it uh the was it texas death match texas death match exactly i have never heard of women performing in that match you know what I mean? But she did it, you know? So, I mean, it, they're out there and they're, they're making things happen. And I just think that the light needs to be shined a little brighter on them, in my opinion. So Chris, I think you stand with me when I say this, if mega powers pro wrestling podcast can help with that movement and moving it forward, we're going to do it, you know? And I'll be honest with you. I told, I told Thunder Rosa that night, um, that her speech was awesome and I loved it. And I said, look, I know we're just an up and up and starting podcast, you know, but my platform is your platform. If you want, I'll bring any of your talent on to talk and and try to, you know, give them that platform to get themselves elevated out there, you know, and I made her the invitation. I gave her a card. I said, hell, I know you're under contract with AEW and you probably can't do it, but whenever you can, if you want to come on the podcast, you can say whatever the hell you want. You are more than welcome to. Of course, she smiled with that little look like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but but I made I made the invitation and I meant what I said. It wasn't just because she's Thunder Rosa, you know, but because I do believe in that. I believe that women should have the platform and they should be elevated. They deserve that, you know. So um, so I think we're just we're just at the beginning. I think we're going to start seeing more women stars, not just in the big leagues, but I think in the independent scene, too. We're going to start hearing some of those names. You know what I mean? Um, I've been talking look at look at Roxy. <laughs> Roxy was on the independent scene like a year ago, and now she's wrestling on NXT under right. Roxanne Perez. You know, right? Exactly, exactly. 
And, and I think we're going to see more. Look at um, she's on SmackDown now, Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, that's that she's another one. She's a Texas girl, man. She's from the Valley, you know, same and as she, Athena. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wrestling in big promotions and they and they can go, you know, I still go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. Athena should have won that match. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Jade, but she's as green as grass. You Literally that I mean? night she was green as grass. Yeah, she was. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. But seriously, she is. I mean, Athena just made her look so good. And and this isn't a knock on on uh, on uh, on Jade at all because, you know, she's she's also a performer. She's in the business. She's doing her thing. No disrespect to her whatsoever. I think all the women should be elevated and I hope Tony Khan is planning on just elevating the women talent more and bringing in more women talent, of course, to where they're not just the woman in the stable, but they're actually doing something. You know, dude, we saw Ty Conti wrestle so many times. All of a sudden she marries Sammy Guevara and all we see her do now is make out with Sammy. Yeah. Or hit somebody in the nuts or whatever. You know, put her back in the ring. The girl can go. You know, I get you're trying to get heel heat, but come on, man. And the Put women probably have less drama than the men right now. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, seriously. So, um, but listen, we're gonna we, we're coming to halftime, if you will. Um, we got dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we've got an awesome second uh, segment for you guys. We have a guest today who's going to be joining us. We got the great Pac Ortega, who is I'm sorry. Is that, did I say that right? No, it's Pac Ortega. Should I roll my R? <laughs> Ortega. <laughs> like, like, uh, what was his name? Armando Estrada. <laughs> Estrada. <laughs> um, yes, we have Pac Ortega coming on the show. And uh, we're going to talk with Pac, man. We're going we're gonna to find out what he's all about. Um, and, you know, just I, I want to ask about the whole thing that happened in Uvalde with, with him and Eric Shadows. Not only that, what's his deal with Shimbashi? What? Why is he so pissed off at Shimbashi? You know, um, uh, the, so there's tons of questions that I'm thinking about asking him. I, I just can't wait to talk to the guy. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest, we don't really know him, so this will be a nice way to get to know the man behind the 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 legend, if you will, because I've heard about Pac over the years behind the bandana. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and let's find out what's really going on with this whole House of Wolves thing. Like, is it a, I mean, is it a done deal or, you know, I mean, I'm really intrigued by what's going on with that. And and so we got some questions to ask Pac. And of course, all the basic ones that we've asked our other talent that come on, I'd love to know his origin story, where he's from, where he's trained, all that good stuff. So um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to have... Pac Ortega on the show. Um, if you don't know Pac Ortega, you got to check him out. But listen to this interview. I'm sure it's going to be a great one. Um, got to admit, Chris, the the all the, the stars that we've been interviewing have been awesome conversations. Awesome conversations. And I know this one's going to be just as good, too. So we're going to take a short break. When we, when we come back, we will be here with Pac Ortega. So keep it right here. Fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more, because I have the perfect place just for you. 
At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well-trained professionals who know just how to get what you want, a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas Jawan and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old-school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. Going on 10 years in the community, Metroflex Gym has been the place for back-to-basics, no-fluff training. At Metroflex, you'll have the resources available to you to reach your fitness goals, whatever they may be. Owner Daniel Haggerty is available and ready to help guide you in the proper direction to get the best results for your health. Want to lose weight, increase stamina, or gain mass? Daniel Haggerty is a licensed trainer with over 25 years experience in nutrition and training and knows how to get the most out of your workouts. Come by today for a visit at 2101 Clovis Barker Road, San Marcos, Texas, or call to make an appointment for a tour at 512-878-8575. Homegrown in the community and veteran-owned, Metroflex Gym is the hardcore training place for a hardcore workout. Call today. And we are back, man. It's been a uh, one heck of a conversation, uh, just talking about women's wrestling, and and I really think that, like we said earlier, Chris, it's it's uh, I think it's just going to get better and better, especially with you know where it's going with with the with the main companies that you see on TV. Um, but I'm really hoping that for the indie scene too, that that just explodes. And Mission Pro Wrestling, as I was talking about earlier, that's one heck of a start for sure. You know, so uh, still again, a little jealous, by the way. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> hey, like man. I was, I was actually a little bit upset when you texted me and called me on on Saturday night, and I was just, uh, I kind of held back my emotions. I'm, I'm, I know, I know, and I knew you were. But, but when way. I got off the phone with you, I pulled a Tom Brady and basically slammed my phone against the freaking grass, <laughs> the bench, act like a little bitch. Yeah, and then to top it off, Thunder Rosa just looked so beautiful that night. Well, I have her action figure, so. <laughs> the same good point good point anyway hey man let's not waste any more time we've been talking about that we talked about it at the beginning of the show we do have a special guest with us and he is here ladies and gentlemen and we are very excited we are very honored uh to have joining with joining with us right now we've got mr Pac ortega in the house Pac, how are you doing man yeah, what's going on? You said it. You said it. But it took you a minute. It took you a minute. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But that's okay. That's okay. Because we're here now. Yeah. The enigma, the entity himself, the Pac Ortega. I'm doing good, by the way. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. And and uh, I gotta tell you, we do appreciate you coming on the show, uh, big time, big time. Did you notice uh, he said Pac Ortega? I did. Not notice Ortega. Well. I got a, Yeah. I, no, you did do that, didn't you? you yes, did that, didn't I did. You? I, did. I, feel, I feel like I'm in back in Missouri all over. Yeah. <laughs> no, trust me, I can speak of the Spanish Pac Ortega. So anyway, 
man, we're excited to have you on the show. Listen, man, I've seen you a few times. I've seen you live, seen you in action, even saw some of your stuff online. Very impressive. You are a very talented individual. Um, love what you're doing. First question right off the bat, man, is how long have you been doing this? How long have you been in the business honing your craft? How, how long has it been now? Um, it hasn't been that long, to be honest. Um, I started training full time in July of 2019. No, not July. My bad. March of 2019. And I made wow. my debut in July that same year. So three years just hit not too long ago. Wow, man. I mean, I would have thought longer, quite honestly. I really I, pre I appreciate that. Yeah, I really would have because because if you listen to our show, the one thing that we always talk about to us as fans, the thing that's always important, you got to have the skill, no doubt about it, right? You do got to have the skill. But the storytelling is always what's key. Professional wrestling is storytelling. And I got to tell you, man, uh, the first time I, I really remember seeing you in person was uh, this past February in Uvalde. And just that little segment that you did with the House of Wolves and then seeing your match and everything else, the storytelling was there. You know what I mean? There was there was a flow in what you did in your delivery. There was no hesitation. You were confident in who you are. I mean, we talked about it on the way home. I remember that day, and we've talked about it before seeing you the again. The tension was there. Yes, exactly, exactly. And no joke, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. I promise. But I remember, Chris, that night, you compared him to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I did. I, I remember you was saying it, was that. It, what, what, was it the skill or was it the mullet? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was rocking a mullet at that time. I think it, I think it was both. <laughs> I think it was both. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but in all, in all seriousness, that. man, yeah, I, I, the skill is there. That was one thing Eddie was good at, storytelling as well as the action in the ring, man. And, and you definitely have that. So I'm a surprise that it's only been three years, man. You're, you're like a seasoned vet. No, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm definitely no seasoned vet. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very young, not only in age, but also in my career. Um, I've just been uh, very fortunate enough to be surrounded by just almost everlasting knowledge uh, with people that I've trained under, people I continue to train under, and also just the guys I like to surround myself with. Um, I have some really good Really good mentors in this business that have just sat me down, gave me good talks, the hard ones, mm -hmm. um, really just like critique my matches um, to the point where like that's what I do to myself now. So, you know, everything in regards to like storytelling, um, that's everything like I try to strive for in my matches. So I'm, I'm really glad that I resonated with you that night. I, I really am because that's, that's my goal for all of my matches is being able to make sure that story is there. For sure. And it's not just that night. I mean, we saw you again most recently at the uh, last NOW show. Again, the storytelling was there. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, I said this to, to Kenny when we interviewed him, right? It's like the whole purpose you go to a pro wrestling show, whether you're watching it on TV or whether you're going to a live show, the purpose is to get engulfed in the story, right? And to really get drawn in. Bro, I hated you. You were a prick. But that's the point, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you, can, if you can draw that emotion out of a fan like me who's been – watching this stuff since I was freaking four years old. I'm 47 now, so that tells you it's been a long-ass time. <laughs> um, that's that's it. You're there. You're at that point, you know? The whole reason that I go to these shows now is uh, I, I want to get involved. I want to yell at the bad guys. I want to cheer the good guys. Sometimes yell at the good guys and cheer at the bad guys, depending, right? Um, but, yeah, man, you've definitely got that, that there. Uh, you talked about mentors. So 
where where did you train? Where did you where did you start up? So um, in the very beginning, um, whenever so okay, my first time ever stepping into a wrestling ring was in Missouri. It was right fresh after graduation. Um, I graduated high school in twenty seventeen, so um, just fresh out of graduation, I went to. The only wrestling school I knew about over there, it was right outside St. Louis. It was, uh, you, may, you may have heard of him. It was called the Harley Races Wrestling Academy. Yeah, uh, heck yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they had the, they had this week-long camp. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so they had this week-long camp, and um, it was beginners and um, advanced because that week there were, of course, there's the knowledge because this is before Harley's passing. So of him, his trainers, as well as New Japan, Ring of Honor, and WWE representatives are going to be there. And um, so, of course, I was part of the beginner's course, but I was still able to tap into whatever knowledge I was able to gain from uh, Beer City Bruiser, as well as Steve Carino, whenever he was there. Um, but no, that week was the first time I ever stepped into a wrestling ring just to see if I could do it. Because even though I was, you know, I, I, I did varsity sports my whole entire life, my whole entire high school career. So I, the athletic part of it, I knew I had down, but I also knew how physically demanding it could have been, and it was. Um, so just kind of just to see if I actually could do it, if I really can, and I did. Uh, so, you know, back then, uh, really talking to Harley, um, the moments that I did, that was really good. Also, like I said, Beer City Bruiser, as well as Steve Carino. And then fast forward a couple years later, 2019, I originally trained at the Texas Wrestling Academy under Rudy Gonzalez. Um, that's where that's who I, who I would also make my debut under. But then later on that year, um, no, not later on that year, probably like the beginning of 2020. Um, that's whenever I started um, training, uh, sought out more advanced training with Rodney Mack, Jazz, and you just mentioned her name, Thunder Rosa. Oh so, yeah. I got yeah. to meet I got to meet Jazz this this past weekend, um, and I've actually uh, interviewed uh, Nathaniel Grayson, who's at Dog at Dog Pound as well. So I'm hoping to get some more of those guys and kind of get more acquainted with them. It's like I was telling you earlier. Yes, we are the official podcast for NLW, as you know, but we want to give platform to all independent talent uh, because Absolutely. we're we're all about the betterment of the business. You know, if if we make the business as a whole better, it's just it's it's honestly more money for everybody. You know, at in the yeah, end of the no, day, no, absolutely. There's a lot yeah. of talented over there too. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Now I got to tell you, I've already I already respected you because of what you did. You know what you do, but the fact that you started off under Harley Race, bro, utmost respect because Harley Race, <laughs> one of the greats. I mean, the original king of the ring. Really, you know what I'm saying? It's all real This guy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my accolade to him is the fact that you know right out of high school goes in and sees if he can get into a wrestling ring because you and i got into a wrestling ring at nlw last month that's a pain in the ass getting there man yeah. my neck's so hurt so <laughs> just getting in there is a is a feat in itself yeah yeah so so what made you like want to even try wrestling were you a fan as a kid um you know i mean what what got you into professional wrestling um i got into wrestling a little later than most of my peers like everybody around me always talks about like the ruthless aggression era or the attitude era i didn't get into wrestling until like 2011 um yeah i was in middle school it was actually a video game believe it or not the Uh, deepest era (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it was a video game. It was called SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. Um, it was in the clearance bin at GameStop, and my dad had said he'll get it for me since it's in clearance. And just whenever I put that game in, it was just from then, like, it was like, like something just turned on in me. Because I right. never watched wrestling a day in my life. I never really knew what it was. I knew who John Cena was, but that was it. Right, um, right. And so then I was just hooked on that game, and I just had this, like, wild thought, like, hmm, wonder if, wonder if WWE still airs. And so, sure enough, I looked it up, Monday Night Raw. Um, it was, like, the Slammy Awards that year uh, mm-hmm. for the episode I tuned in. I just remember I had this, like, massive, like, culture shock. No pun intended. But <laughs> I just had this, like, massive culture shock because I was playing the 2007 game so much. Um, and I saw on the screen Daniel Bryan and Cody Rhodes. I was like, who, who are these guys, you know? Right. So then from there, I just tuned in every week, and then my love just grew and grew and grew, and then – it's just kind of like what everybody does whenever you first watch wrestling, you know, because I think whenever you first lay eyes on it, um, you're either you're, you're always like, hmm, like, I think I'd like to do that. Right. And then, you know, there's the minority that does do it and there's the majority that doesn't do it. And I'm part of the minority. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So once you actually got into uh, wrestling um, and this could be before you actually got into it as a performer more than just getting into it as, as a hobby. um. Did you go back? Did you check out the history? Did you check out some of the older stuff? You know, did you do any of that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I started doing like my research on like the history of wrestling simply because it just fascinated me. Um, like just viewing the montages that WWE would put up in their promo videos. Um, it just always just fascinated me, like just the history behind it all. But I didn't actually start like watching, watching old school wrestling until I started training uh, because um, all of my trainers are very more like old school mentality. So that's yeah. how I was trained. It was like um, the film that I would watch and I'd be given a sign to. It would be more so from back in the day. So um, that's whenever I started really like delving more into like the actual matches of back then versus just the history like I would do. Right, yeah. right, right. So it's like there- at, a young, at a young age, it's. At a young age, like I, I was like, what? I was barely in middle school whenever I first found out about wrestling. So like, watching older older wrestling compared to like what I was watching back then, it, it was a little tough. Um, I'm not gonna lie. But yeah. the more the more, of course, I get delved in the business, and now that I'm in the business, I understand it more and I resonate it uh, resonate with it. So yeah. Chris, you have a question? I don't want to take the whole thing. <laughs> Still trying to figure out who this Holly Race guy is. <laughs> Oh my God! If you're serious, you and I are gonna have such a talk later. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Are you being serious right now? No. Oh, oh I thought you were just joking. I was like, wait. <laughs> I'm talking about the king, sir. Are the race himself? Yes, yes. <laughs> Anyways, did you have a question or no? Huh? Did you have a question? Okay, I was I'm, checking. I'm enjoying to listen to his stories, awesome, sir. Awesome. So, talking about the, about old the storytelling stuff. here. <laughs> Talking about the old school stuff, was there anything in your research, in you know, in your looking back at kind of the old matches? And when I say that, I'm talking, it could be 90s, it could be 80s, it could be 70s. Was there anything that you saw that really stuck out to you? Was there any particular match, any particular performer that just really kind of drew you in? Yeah, there was a few guys. Um, one guy that I really loved watching, uh, Gino Hernandez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I love watching him. Um, and Chris Jericho. 
Yeah. Like back in those days, like them two were the main ones. And then of course, you know, there's the Eddie Guerrero's and whatnot. Right. And uh, Dynamite Kid too. Um, really, really just those four, especially Dynamite Kid and uh, Chris Jericho. Those four were really like the more older guys that I really just loved watching. I got to and, see Gino Hernandez live. I really? Was, I was, uh, I think I was six years old. Um, and looking back on what I remember, that guy back then, I mean, he knew how to bring on some heat to himself and was a master at it. You know, like as a kid, he had me believing that he really was this, you know, rich jerk. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember the, the most distinctive memory I have. Check this out. I went with my dad and his very good friend, Gabe. And during the match, my dad's friend is yelling at Gino Hernandez and they are just cussing at each other to the point where my friend literally wanted to go into the ring and kick Gino's ass. Like that is definitely some heat, man. Like that was, and that was back in the day when people thought wrestling, you know, that the stories were actually real deal stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, oh, that's a great one. That's a great example. Very tragic story, of course. Uh, you know, lost his life well before his, his real prime, you know, but, oh, he was one of the greats. I I have to agree with that one. That's a good one. Man, you're impressing me today, man. I'm loving this. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Now, now, Mr. Pac, if that is your real name. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is my real name. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, have you been in the business now? You know, you said about three years now, uh, full time, and doing this uh, this ride that you're on. Have you had the opportunity to showcase your talents in some of the larger promotions? Um, I know we've spoken to a couple of indie talents that have, you know, worked a couple of dark matches. They may have, you know, worked as like security on camera. Uh, most recently, we saw Luigi Primo last week in AEW. So have you had the opportunity to either do a dark match or uh, be a developmental talent or maybe just an extra on screen? Um, Not as of late. No, um, I'm hoping to because um, recently I've really started like expanding myself more. I've really started getting out there more, kind of doing more than what I was doing earlier in the year. Um, so I'm hopefully so I'm, I'm hoping to receive some kind of opportunity in that form um, in the future. But, you know, only time will tell, really. Um, you know, I just right now I'm just grinding, doing my thing. And hopefully um, whenever opportunity is there, um, I'll be able to seize it. But you have wrestled some some talent that's got some clout to their names. Like, uh, of course, former WWE superstar Weston Blake. I know you wrestled him. Um, Tim Storm, NWA Tag Team Champions, uh, La Rebellion, right? And NWA United States Tag Team Champions, The Fixers. That's something right there for you to go into a ring and hold your own with that kind of talent. So I, I think those opportunities you're talking about are not that far off. Yeah, man. Um, wrestling guys like on that level, that's it's a different type of intensity. Like I've been in the ring with some pretty intense guys, um, some really good guys too. But like being like, for example, like with Weston Blake, you know, a guy not only being in the E, but also holding gold while he was there. You know, this mm-hmm. man, I, I watched him when I was growing up. You know, he, like literally, like guilty, guilty, um, guilty confession. I told him this too, but uh, his tag team, the Band Factor. Uh, with Alexa Bliss and Buddy Murphy, they were actually my favorite tag team in NXT at that time. Wow! So um, just like being able to wrestle him, um, that it, that type of intensity he brings, like you can tell, like like this is a different level. And to be able to keep up with that, it was great. It was awesome. 
Um, and then also the other guys like the NWA Tag Team Champions, both the Fixers and Lower Belly Khan, especially Lower Belly Khan. Oh, my God. You know, heavy hitters on both teams, but heavy hitters they all are. And uh, Tim Storm, oh, my God. You know, that that's another guy I grew up watching because I, I was a huge fan of NWA uh, mm. growing up. So, you know, of course, again, I watched Tim Storm growing up. So it's like wrestling guys that I saw grow up, it's just such a surreal moment. And, like, it hits me like I'm actually in wrestling. <laughs> like, right. I'm, I'm actually doing this and I'm wrestling the guys that I once watched before. I'm receiving opportunities for major promotion belts like NWA. So it's like, um, like I said, I'm on my way there. Um, I'm grinding. I'm doing what I can. Um, I'm going out making a name for myself. Um, I, I've been going all over the state. I just got back from California not too long ago. I'm about to go to Oklahoma pretty soon. So it's like, you know, it's just grinds only starting from here, you know. That's amazing. That's amazing. So going on, still talking about your, you know, career now and what you're doing and everything. What is the is the ultimate goal? Is there a specific promotion you're trying to be a part of? Or are you trying to do this to where it pays the bills by itself? I mean, what is the ultimate goal for Paco Ortega? I think everybody's trying to get to a point where they can pay the bills with this. You know, um, everybody wants a contract. Um, almost doesn't really matter where. Um, but for me, I know the goal. Well, first off, I do want to wrestle on the WA platform. Uh, but also, like, the goal has always been for me, I want to go wrestle in the UK. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I've always been a fan of British strong style. Nice. Uh, so, like, progress wrestling, uh, Defy, you know, I've really always been into that. So, um, right now, that's the goal for me. Uh, just kind of going overseas and doing the thing over there. Yeah, that style is definitely impressive. I, I, I My first introduction to that style was a few years ago, seeing uh, on NXT... It was Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn wrestled the first time. Blew me away. Oh, my God. That yeah. was something else. I'm a huge fan to this day still of Pete Dunn. Well, of course, he yeah. goes by Butch now. Butch. <laughs> still a huge fan. From from the joint manipulation he does with the fingers and everything. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sitting at home wincing going, ow, because it just looks <laughs> like it hurts, you know? Um, so, yeah, that that I, and I loved it because I love being introduced to – just that new style. It's more professional wrestling. It's just like more to enjoy. You know what I mean? Um, that's why I'm loving the indie scene. So you're looking at a guy who just not that long ago, I was just a guy that watched the wrestling on TV. Always been a professional wrestling fan, but it's always been mostly what was on TV. I hadn't really been to a live show, uh, indie live show since I was a little kid, you know, and then it took two two shows that really got me back into it. And now it's like, I want to go to every one, but that's impossible almost. Um, yeah, the first one was a Mission Pro Wrestling show. And then the second one was, at the time, AWP at Olympus. And oh, after, okay. after that, I, I was hooked, man. And now I just I just want to go to these indie shows because it's such a different experience. You know what I mean? Than going to like a WWE or an AEW because yeah. of the fact that there's not that many people. You really get a taste for uh what happens in the ring and i gotta say this and you were included in this pop the fact that you guys are doing those moves that seem to dazzle everybody on tv but it's right there in front of you and, and you're one of those guys especially in nlw that is able to do that and it's just amazing to me so i got to give you much props on that it's just such an exciting 
it's exciting to watch. And the, the are, fact that it's happening talking, right in front of you. Are you talking about the super kick? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love seeing the super kick live. Love it. Now, no, I, now I appreciate that. My, <laughs> my question, sir, is um, your character is not defined by any kind of gimmick in a sense from my perspective you you seem to be going out there just as yourself and the reason i say that is because you know i saw earlier and i think elijah posted too but you post on your page uh celebrating hispanic heritage month you know being a proud hispanic latino uh in this business a lot of times we've seen uh wrestlers of the hispanic heritage that are being either thrown under a mask or they're giving some kind of typical stereotypical gimmick as a latino character Whereas I don't see that with you. I see you going out there and you're just a professional wrestler, you know? And so it, it, can I, it's, it's safe to assume that that's who you are. Like you're proud of that fact that you're not having to live through a gimmick to get yourself over. You're over because of who you are and your talent in the ring. So your question? That was my <laughs> okay. How about this one? Go with what he said. Who is... Ortega. Is, it a, is is he a gimmick? Is he one thing? Is he this? I mean, who well, is you see, I'm not really too sure what a gimmick is, but um, I know that's Carly Race. For me. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you see, man, um, that was the first thing um, about me whenever I made my debut. Whenever I was trying to come up with like, like who I wanted to be. Um, I didn't want to be somebody that was doing, you know, and just another Latino on the scene doing the Three Amigos or the 619 or, you know, coming out to Mexican flag um, or like, you know, coming out to Cumia, Selena, anything like that. I didn't want to be that um, because, again, those guys, I feel like, I mean, you know, we're all the same in the sense of like we're, we're professional wrestlers at the end of the day, but I feel like a lot of those uh, gimmicks, uh, a lot of those types of people tend to get lost in the shuffle. Mm. And um, I just didn't want to do that. I, I've always been one to be a little different. I mean, I've got this black sheep tattoo on my head. I've always been one to kind of embrace um, being different, standing out. And so um, that was, again, like I said, that was one thing I just did not want to do. And I just go out there. I'm just kind of just who I am, you know, kind of who you see out there is, uh, believe it or not, that's kind of just who I am um, as a person in general. Um, and maybe cranked up a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm young, I'm good, and I, I know I'm good. I'm not afraid to tell you about it. Um, and I, I talk my shit, you know. Um, that's always been one thing I've, been really good at just talking a lot of shit um you can you can ask all you can ask all the boys there man um as soon as i grab a mic you know everyone's gonna listen i'm gonna make sure you listen um it doesn't matter like whether you're bigger than me or you know whether you can outclass me you're, you're not gonna out shit talk me so that's just that's just me man you know i just kind of go out there and um sometimes i'm condemned for being myself like mm. you out there, they tend to boo me and i mean i i, I I don't care if you want to boo me, then just go ahead and boo me. If you want to cheer me, go ahead and cheer me. Look at Fito, you know. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows Fito. Fito. Yeah, everybody knows Fito. So look at Fito compared to like some of the other people in the audience that don't like me. So you know, again, I just go out there and be myself. If you like me, great. If you don't, I really don't care. Well, you reference the fact that you have a black sheep tattoo. Now I have to ask because the first time I saw you. 
was back in February at Aftermath for AWP. And the same thing you did um, where you faced uh, Don Rodrigo, a Toxico at the time. But there was a little bit of tension. That was hilarious. <laughs> in the House of Wolves there. There was a little tension there. Fast forward a little to last month at Summer's Inn in Uvalde. And you basically turn on the leader of the House of Wolves, Mr. Eric Shadows. So is that going with your black sheep persona? Because you're you're basically on your own now. I don't want to say turn. Um, I just kind of... The thing about the House of Wolves, we were never a team. We said that from the beginning. We were never a team. We were an alliance. Uh, we were all four of us, you know, me, Eric, Nathan, and Dempsey. All four of us were guys that just kind of knew what needed to get done. And we weren't afraid to do that, you know. Um, I think with Eric, he kind of knew I was, you know, different than all of them. You know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't the same, you know. I mean, compared, just compare the way I come out to the way they come out. The way I carry myself to the way they carry themselves, you know. I'm just, I just, I don't fit in. I've never really fit into like clicks. I've never really been into that. Um, I've never really been us versus the world. I've never really been us versus them. That's that's just never been me. Um, I'm just kind of there on my own. So in a sense, we are all lone wolves just in the same pack. Um, now, granted, you know, just because I kind of brought Eric to reality doesn't necessarily put Nate out of the out of the equation. Neither does it put Dempsey out of the equation. Me and Dempsey have a great relationship. That's my best friend. So uh, whenever Dempsey comes back, you know, me and him, we're going to have some talks. Uh, Bradley, whenever he comes back, we're going to have some talks, you know. So whatever happens when they come back is whatever is going to happen. So in your opinion, uh, granted, you haven't had the talks yet, right? But it was very apparent what happened that day. You know, I know Eric is definitely not happy with you, I'm sure. Uh, you know, that was obvious, right? But we well, hit him with a chair, sir. I know that's what I'm saying. It was very obvious, but in your or, opinion, or maybe Eric fell into the chair. I don't know. From my perspective, <laughs> it looked like he hit him with the chair. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, in your opinion, do you feel that this may be the end of the Paw Patrol? I'm sorry. I mean the uh, House of Wolves. Apologies. Apologies. <sighs> he called you the <laughs> Paw Patrol. Sorry, Paw Patrol. <laughs> See, you know, this is this is how I know you've been hanging out with Elijah because you make jokes. You make jokes that you think are funny. <laughs> you know, I've never met My someone apologies. that th- I've, I've never met someone that thinks they're so funny until I met Elijah. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, can I ask? Has he shown you his snake? <laughs> he showed me his snake. I'm, I'm gonna have to ask you what, what. What do you mean by that, sir? His little, his little stuffy snake. Exotic I'm not stuffy su- snake. I'm not surprised he has one of those. <laughs> <laughs> He, he he does have a WWE belt in his room still, so I mean, yeah, surprise! I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. He made it himself. Cardboard <laughs> 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 with crayons and everything. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, is it the end of the wolves? As uh, well, it's the end of the wolves, but there's still an alliance there. I got you. Okay, whether you know whether Eric's a part of that alliance or not, mm. probably not. I know. I believe uh, we. Whenever he started this, whenever he first approached me about this idea, he was strong back then. He was a little more, you know, relentless. He was more ruthless. But over the past couple of months, he's kind of softened up. And mm. me, 
Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying right. to be on the top, and I've I've got no room for that. I really don't. Well, I know it was announced earlier uh, this week that you're going to have a match at Locos Wrestling next month. That's mm-hmm. going to be involved with Mr. Eric Shadows along with the new NOW champion, Alex Arsenal, Daniel Ryan, and your buddy Exotic as well. So I feel like you you know you need to finish up what you started over there at at a summer's end. Yeah, the thing that's very interesting about the local match is um every single person in that match I've I've stood across the ring from every single person there from Alex to Eric to Danny to the Shimbashi to uh, especially Elijah. I've never taken so many sling blades in my life <laughs> until I stood across the ring from him, but it's always ended up the same, which is them laying on the ground and me staying up top. Every single one of them. There's not a single one of them that can say otherwise. So, I mean, that can already just go to show you how that match is going to go at Loco. But um, in regards to Eric being in that match, yeah, you're right. Eric's in that match. Um, I, I don't know if you're trying to, like, see if I'm intimidated by that. I don't know if you're trying to see if I'm, like, worried about that because I don't know why I would be. Well, you got Eric Shadows who, again, we don't want to call it a term, but you hit the man with a chair. And then you got Shimbashi as well who you kind of targeted that night as well. So you got a couple of guys gunning for you already in that match, you know, not to mention Arsenal, who's the current champion, is is sure as hell going to defend that with his dying breath. So I'm, I'm just hey, saying. You see, that, that, it, it ain't nothing new. I've always had odds stacked against me. It's never been anything new, whether it's in the form of people, whether it's outside forces that I have no control over, I've always been backed up against the wall my whole entire life. But I've always come out on top. There's never been a situation that I've been placed in where I have not persevered in some way, shape, or form. I always come out on top. I always find a way. I've got that. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it attitude. And that's going to carry into this match. You're going to see. You're going to see. Whether you're there live or whether you're watching on, um, on title match, you're going to see. Okay. And I got I got to say this, going back to the whole Eric Shadows thing, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, Chris, I, I think I, I get where, where Pac's coming from. Maybe having the title as long as he's as he had it, maybe it did start getting to his head. Maybe it did soften him up a little bit. You know, I, I got to agree with Pac on this. I don't think it was not, a not, not only that, the reason why he's had that title, the reason why he even had that title for so long. It was because of me. Anytime he needed me, I was there. Right. Anytime, anytime someone had the upper hand on him, I was there. From Alex to T-Ray to even Andre Law, whenever y'all were there that night, I was right. always there. So like the thing is, my, my beef with Eric was that whenever I ate, I made sure we all ate. Mm. But whenever I failed, I failed by myself. Mm-hmm. And those are moments I'm never going to forget how that felt. Because I, I remember they asked me that night, where was I at Olympus? And then I asked them back, where the hell have they been whenever I needed them? Mm-hmm. Like, no, this this ain't no one-sided relationship, you know? Like, right. this alliance is supposed to work both ways if you can't keep up your end. If you're going to hold me in standards that you can't live up to yourself, then I got to cut those cords, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So that's why I, 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 think, I think what happened that night wasn't a turn as you were saying, I honestly think that was a wake-up call for Eric Shadows because I think he's slipping. 
I think he just might be getting a little soft. And I think Pac just might have woken him up maybe to get that inner wolf instead of a puppy to, to start growling. You know what I mean? I, that's just this my take gets, on it. This man gets it. This man gets it. Well, back. at the same time, I mean, he was kind of ordering around that night, too. He was kind of being a dick. There you yeah, go. exactly. See, like I know, I, I know beta. Okay, so <laughs> so so we're just gonna we're just gonna go with the story that he fell into the chair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, just well, check sure. That's what it was. That's All what right. it was. Right. Now you mentioned Shimbashi, Chris, and that's that's a good point. Um, Shimbashi, who is apparently he is undefeated in NLW. Now, what about that right there? Is that just going for the guy because he's? Does, he hasn't lost a match in NOW, or do you just not like him? I mean, what what's the deal with Shimbashi? You see, the thing is, um, it's like I said earlier. I'm what you see is what you get. I'm just mm. myself, um, and I do what I want. And that was just because I could. I did it because I can. Now, in the subject of Shimbashi, I've shared many locker rooms with Shimbashi. Yeah. We've hardly crossed paths, hardly, but we have before. I've come to see that he's almost everything that I'm not. Mm. You know, he's all dippity, he's all goody two shoes. Um, you know, the minute he walks out, you know, that 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 little dimple's popping out. And you know, you just you just want it, you just like him immediately. But I don't know I don't know what it is about that guy. Maybe it's just too much um of him not really being in touch with the real world maybe him not being in touch of the kind of shark tank he actually is in when it comes to the world of professional wrestling but him i just i need him to know like it don't matter if you're undefeated or not kid you know over here and you've out of there like i run things you know i'm the one they talking about there's only room for one of us mm-hmm. and it ain't you right all now, right all right well before we even get to that nlw championship match at locos you have a match coming up um, on October 22nd, I believe, against Mr. Casey Blackrose in a first-round match for the Breakout Division Tournament. Yeah, which one of you was it that said I wasn't going? No, no, was that, was that was him. That was that was me. That yeah, was see, me. I chose you, sir. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But, but if I may say, if I may say, hold up just a second, Pac, if I may say, um, Getting to talk to you now, you know, face to face. You can't change your mind, sir. No, no. Give me, give me a second. Getting <laughs> to talk to you now, face to face. Hearing from the man himself, and just really getting to get the sense of the essence of who Paco Ortega really is. You know, I mean, I've seen you in the ring. There's no doubt you've got talent. There's no doubt you can go for sure. But. I don't know, maybe because I I hadn't really gotten to know you too much, or so I just didn't know the, the 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 drive and the hunger. But I see that now, right? So I'm not gonna backtrack on my words, okay? I'm, I'm a man of my word. If I that's who I stood by, that's who I stood by. But I will say this: I can definitely say beyond the shadow of a doubt that it ain't gonna be easy either way, from what I can already tell. You know what I mean? I mean, I've seen Casey Blackrose, dude's tough right chip on his shoulder i've seen you but now i've gotten to listen to you as well and i can say you're tough you also have a chip on your shoulder and let's be honest do you really give a shit about what i think of course not you know but at the end of the day i think it's going to be a great match and yeah, let me stop you right there all right. so the thing is uh me and casey 
Um, the, the thing that's interesting about me and Casey is we've never stood across the room from one another. Um, we have very similar paths. Uh, we've always been in the same areas, just not in the same locker rooms. Um, we've never came face to face. We've never really um, had a chance to try and figure out who is the best um, out of the both of us. Um, but the thing is, is, like, yeah, I mean, he may be tough. He may be the broken brawler, but he's not Pocket Vega. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I remember, I remember, I think, uh, I forgot who it was. One of y'all said that he fights for his family. You know, mm-hmm. there seems to be a lot of emotions behind this kid. I mean, broken brawler. The, the difference between me and him on, in that regard, though, is I don't got that. I'm out here in Texas on my own. I left my small town of Waynesville, Missouri, to come over here in the shark-infested waters, not only of San Antonio, not only of Texas, but also of professional wrestling. They say the most dangerous men uh, to go up against is one who's got nothing to lose. That's me. I'm willing to do whatever it is I got to do to win. I don't care what that is. You know, Casey, um, I don't, you know, he can call himself a broken brawler because he tapes, has tape around his fist. That's cool. I don't care. They ain't going to do nothing to me. Ain't going to phase me no way. I'm not intimidated by the kid. I'm mm-hmm. not. Is it going to be good? Yeah, it might. I, I know Casey. I know who he is. I'm, I, I'm not, <laughs> like I said, I'm not unfamiliar with him. We've always been in the same areas. It's never the same locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely. But I'll tell you right now, he ain't no Pac Ortega. All right. All right. So, Pac's changing, changing uh, paths here a little bit. Talking about Casey Blackrose, we know he comes from hybrid school of wrestling. Who are some of the other guys that you have already faced, maybe from other uh, areas, other uh, promotions within the state of Texas that have really stuck out to you or that you feel that you've had, like, awesome matches with? Like, who is it that really sticks out to you? And the second part of that question, who are you looking forward to facing that maybe you haven't faced just yet? Um... I actually recently just had a match for Lions Pride Sports in College Station um, his, against a guy named Matthias. Mm. Oh, my God. That absolutely was probably probably the most physical match I've ever had in my career thus far. Um, that's a different type of monster. Uh, different type, Definitely brought something out of me. I got, my lip was busted in three different areas. Um, I walked away with scars, with bruises. I gave him my own scars and bruises. Um, so that's one guy that definitely, definitely um, stuck out and pushed me a little bit. Um, two guys that I wrestled um, a little while ago, uh, before Aftermath, that kind of you know gave me a match that I'm extremely proud of. It's a triple threat between me, Drew Dredd, he was Drew Who at the time, and then Chip Garrison. Um, that match, I didn't know what to expect from that match, to be honest. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't too familiar with either guys. They weren't really too familiar with me, but, um, that night it was just, it was something special. Like that's a match I can absolutely watch back and just be absolutely proud of myself uh, for everything that's part of that. Um, I'm trying to think who else, um, I mean, whenever I wrestled culture shock for the first time. Them, them boys, <laughs> uh, them boys. They just—I don't know. Like me and them, we just have so much in common. And I didn't realize until after the match how just uh, relentless 
we all are, just how um, we're willing to really put our bodies through almost anything to get the dub. Um, so them boys, they, they immediately stuck out like a sore thumb whenever I first came um, into contact with them. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, not, not the else I can think of in that regard. I'm sure an hour later I'll probably think, like, damn, I should have said that. I should have said that. But I can't <laughs> like that right, right. Um, I, will, I will say one guy I've been wrestling since the literal beginning of my career is Cobra himself. Mm. Um, fun fact, that was actually his debut match in wrestling. Oh, wow. And wow. Uh, ever since then, like I said, I've never taken so many sling blades. Mm-hmm. I've never taken so many knees to the face. And, you know, that's somebody that, you know, those rivalries are like the fight forever ones. Yes. Um, I, I, that's, I, I believe that's me and him in that, in that regard, in that position. Cause, um, ever since then, we've just, we've always ended up just in the same areas, the same places, standing across the same ring. Um, it's never changed. It's, it's kind of annoying. I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> it's, it's something that's definitely one thing that I feel like we're destined to do forever. So that's like I said, probably an hour from later I'll probably be like I should have just said this, but yeah. I not know. Um yeah. what was your second question? Is there anybody out there right now in, in the scene, uh and specifically the independent scene, um, that you're like wanting to face that you just haven't yet? Absolutely, absolutely. Um I want there's a lot of guys, man. Um there's Ryan Davidson, um, there's Jay Davis, um, there's one guy um, who I almost had a match with. It almost happened in Austin, but um, it didn't, like, because of last minute, um, like, just last minute in the card or whatnot. Right. Um, his name is Hendrix, not Houston Hendrix. Uh, Stevie Hendrix. Stevie Hendrix. Um, I, I mean him, it, it, like I said, almost happened. I was really looking forward to it, but then it didn't. Um, Zane Valletto was going to be there. Mm, uh, yes. On the 22nd, he's somebody I would love to wrestle. Uh, it hasn't happened yet on a one-on-one setting, but I think me and Drew could really go out there and put something good on. Um, but like more so, other guys, um, I would love to have a rematch with Nobby Bryant. I would love to have um, a one-on-one with Weston Blake because mm. that was a threat between me and him, Shibashi. Screw that kid, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want something. I want something with Weston one-on-one. Um, there's a couple of more guys out there, and um, there's some, there's some, you know, some that I'm gonna be able to wrestle in the next couple of years that I can't really talk about just yet. I understand, I understand. So yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool. You know, going back talking about all these guys, and you've apparently been all over the place, uh, different. You know, you say I'm, apparently. Yeah, sorry, you have been all over the place. Yeah, they, yeah, you've been all over the place. You wrestled. Get on so his bad side. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, you no, don't be sorry. Be careful. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, you've been all over the place and have faced so many different talents um, that we were talking about storytelling earlier. Do you find that to be challenging because of the fact that you bounce from one promotion to the other promotion and to the other promotion? You know, I was I always say this with, with the guys we interview. We're musicians, so I kind of see a lot of similarities there because you're going from town to town to town. Um, but do you find that challenging? to kind of get a constant story going when you're wrestling one guy one night and you're probably not going to face him again until maybe six months down the road. Um, and if so, do you, if you find it challenging, uh, how do you basically deal with that challenge? Um, you see, I think 
the thing is about storytelling. It doesn't need to happen in a multi-match a multi-match setting. Um, if you're truly good at telling a story in your matches, all you need is one match. Mm. You know, if you if you want to get across to the audience that you've like, so to say, um, I've had to get across the fact that me and Elijah have wrestled for just about all of all of my three years in wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, outside of Uvalde, I was easily able to give that off. It's not, you know, it's it's really just more so about just how you present it, about how you go about it. Now, again, you know, a story doesn't necessarily mean, you know, this is months and months of anticipation. You know, it's not necessarily that. It's, you know, it's a bunch of other things that go into it that really um, differentiate between the workers and the wrestlers. Um, so, you know, really, um, of course, we all had those blocks where it's like, we'll do something and it didn't get what we thought it would. Or, like, you go out there and, you know, they're just not into it. And, like, you get those blocks, like, well, fuck, what do I do? Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, you know, I've had, I, like I said, I'm very, I'm fairly young still. I'm fairly young still. Um, so, of course, I've had those where I'm like, Jesus Christ, what do I got to do? Um, especially in Houston, especially in Houston. Um, so, you know, now it's kind of just about understanding your audience, feeling it out whenever you go out there. Me, I like to kind of feel out the environment um see what kind of fans are there the casual they're smart fans um you know just like what exactly well what's the audience you're catering to typically if you're wrestling in a festival setting and you're like one of the attractions you're not gonna get like wrestling fans there right but like for wrestling shows again depending on where because every city here in texas is different so depending on where you go you know, it's just about knowing your audience and seeing what gets that reaction Right. You know, like, and um, that's also why I think uh, having a good skill um, as a worker is calling it in the ring and, you know, mm -hmm. understanding what you're doing isn't working, but they like this. And then, okay, let's do this and go from there. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's good, man. That That's, uh, that, and this is the reason why we respect all of you guys, because we, we get it. We know this is an art. There's an art to what you do. You know, it's, it's just it's multifaceted, you know, and, uh, and you guys are doing one hell of a job putting it together. I mean, especially with NLW, you know, I've been there. They, the way they do things is great. Storytelling is definitely a part of it, but yes, you definitely tell a story. I wanted to ask you this question. You've been in the business now, you know, for three years. Um, of course, you know, you played the video game, you've seen WWE, and, um, and you know the terms faces and heels, right? The good guys and the bad guys. Is is I don't know what that is. Okay, no. that 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 was the, that was gonna be my question. That's I a was, gimmick, sir. I was I was watching an interview. I was watching an interview today uh, with MJF from A AEW, and that's one of the things that he he says in his interviews that he hates. He hates the term heel. He hates you know that that kind of talk, basically, right? And there's some you can tell that they're faces and there's some you can tell. Pac Ortega is just Pac Ortega from what I'm getting uh, by what you're saying. Is, is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. Gotcha. Gotcha. And this is how you've always been since day one. Since day one, since day zero, day negative one. You know, just <laughs> like what you see is what you get, man. You know, even growing up as a kid, I've, you know, I've just kind of always been, you know, Mm, like a different from a lot of people. I hate saying it like that. 
Yeah, I sound yeah, like yeah. one of those kids, like, I'm not like most guys. You know, no, no, I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say that at all. But, you know, just, like, I don't, you know, like, what, like, I'm I'm very, I'm not face value, but, like, um, whether you hate me or not, it's not going to change how I carry myself. It's not going to change who I am as a person. So, like, in Austin, they love me in Austin. Great. Probably they don't so much. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. In Houston, they don't like me so much. Whatever. Right. I don't care. So, it's like, you know, it changes every which way you go. Gotcha. And, yeah, yeah. for me, um, um, yeah, like you said, just Paco Ortega Paco Ortega. Yeah. Cool. You got a question, Chris? Uh, I have to ask, being a Missouri boy, uh, are you a Chiefs fan? I try to be. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm not gonna lie to you. I've sports for me has always been something I just I've never really fully been able to get into. Um, that's just I don't know. I've, I've I tried so hard to do that. Whenever my dad would put on football, I would try just so hard to watch. Try so hard to be into it. Just it was never for me. If I am rooting on a team, it's the Chiefs because I'm a Missouri boy. And the Rams aren't with St. Louis no more. So um, if I am rooting for a team, it is half the time from Missouri. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. Last question for you because I know your time is precious. We don't want to take up too much more of it. Um, Dream match can be anybody, dead or alive. Who would the dream match be with? There's one guy named A-Kid. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, he's he's somebody from the UK. Um, you know, just like I said, British strong style has always been something I've been into. And whenever I first like started getting into it, the guy that just immediately stuck out to me was Aiken. And you know, I, I, you know, he's he's a little shorter, he's a little smaller, um, he's brown like me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just I re- I just really resonate with him. And um, seeing his work, just so fluent, so smooth. And everything he does and you know it's kind of like i say about myself he just kind of goes out there whatever reactions whatever reaction he gets you know um so just everything about him just i just see so much of myself and i think you know me saying across the he i know he was with nxt uk um he mm-hmm. was a champion there for a minute um so you know i know i think i feel just like me saying across the ring from him would just be a moment that would just be really really interesting and just a test um yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Well, listen, Pac, I want to give you the opportunity right now. This is your chance just to kind of put it out there. Where can people find you? Social media, maybe YouTube. This is your chance to kind of get yourself out there to all of our listeners that are listening right now. So please take it away. Yeah, man. Um, so um, where you can see me live for my matches, um, I've got quite a few things coming up. Uh, this Saturday, I'm actually going to be at the Houston Premier Arena for Heart of Texas Wrestling. Um, I've had something going on with them for a while, and we got a real good thing going right now, so I'm going to be competing in their Mega Brawl Royal Rumble. Super, super excited to be a part of that. I've been seeing some of the names they've been announcing about that. Super, super excited to be a part of that. Um, then after that, you know, of course, i got the Uvalde shows coming up. I'll be in um, Oklahoma um, in November, and then um, for Houston, I'm going to Local Wrestling on October 8th. I'll be at Lions Pride once again. I've been taking on um, a man named Outlaw. Super excited for that match. Now on social media where you can find me. My social media is the same on everything. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same. It's just Pac Ortega Pro. Super simple. That's all you have to type in. I do have a pro wrestling tee shop. 
um, just type in Paco Ortega. It's there. I just dropped new merch. I just dropped new shirt designs. So if you want to go support, go check that out. Now to buy other merch, like 5x10s or stickers or whatnot, which I do have available, you have to come see me live. Just come to my merch table. I'll be more than happy to chit-chat with you. And um, take your money when you take some of my stuff. Um, and then my my YouTube channel is also Paco Ortega Wrestling. That's where you can see my matches. Now, I don't post all of my matches because some promotions I wrestle for have their own YouTube channel. Mm. So um, I'd rather the attention go to that promotion um, rather than just myself and my channel. Um, so if you just look up Paco Ortega Wrestling, you used to have to get past – I'm real proud of this. You used to have to get past the pack stuff from AEW. Oh, now, right. if you just type it, now if you just type in Paco Ortega Wrestling, it's all there. It's all in one area. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. I hope I didn't offend you at all. Uh, that was not my intention. If I did, I do apologize. We we'll can talk about that later. <laughs> gotcha. I'm still rooting for you, sir. <laughs> gotcha. But we do I appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> I appreciate you, Chris. You carry this team. <laughs> I am going to get my ass kicked by so many professional wrestlers, I swear. I know. You seem to get on everybody's bad side. You seem to get on everybody's bad side. Yeah, I heard about your reputation. You know, I'm yeah, good, well, you know, I'm great friends with Danny. I'm great friends with Danny. But really? You know what? Next show, you and Fido just in the back. <laughs> I'll, I'll handle ringside. Uh, no, you see, Fido's my boy. Fido's my boy. He can okay, okay. He, you sit in the back. Fido and I will sit up front. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all, all kidding aside, I do really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I greatly appreciate. It. We'll love to have you back um, at some at some point in time in the future. Uh, this platform is your platform. You know, whenever you want to come on, let us know. We'd be more than happy to bring you on, talk with you some more. Um, maybe we'll get along. Maybe we won't. Who knows? You know. Uh, but uh, I, I do enjoy the conversation for sure. And. Uh, I'll just end it with this. The the fact that you and Danny Ryan O'Ryan are friends uh, uh, does not surprise me now. So I get it. No, uh, he warned me about you. He warned yeah, me. Yeah, did he? Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you, tell, you tell him I said hello. <laughs> uh, I will not. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind just uh, hanging back while we uh, end the show and, and we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye after that. Okay. So just uh, hang tight, please. All right. So there you have it, folks. That was Pac Ortega. Um, Awesome, awesome. <laughs> awesome interview. Um, awesome talent. Um, I'm telling you, uh, Chris, real deal. No, that's why I chose him, by the way. Yeah, I know. Awesome I, maybe I need to change my, my choice, man, because damn, if I don't, I might get my ass kicked that night. I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, but uh, guys, you got to check him out live. All, all jokes aside, all kidding aside, the guy is awesome in the ring. I've enjoyed watching him, him each and each and every time I've seen him perform. It is he's amazing, um, and I can't I can't wait to see him in the ring again. Honestly, so uh, you got to check him out whenever he's nearby. Go check out Paco Ortega. Go check out all these guys. All these guys are bringing awesomeness to the ring. So, uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in, Chris. You got anything you want to end on? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that someone finally acknowledges that I'm the one who. Carries the show. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, just, uh... <laughs> yes, you are, sir. I do agree. Yes, you are. And you're the handsome one, too. So that's for oh, sure. Stop <laughs> it. Biggie anyway, might argue with that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, later on this week, we will have our recap show. So make sure you tune in for that as well. So until then, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.